Hey guys, it's Nate, and it's time for another Bite Size Breakdown. So Josh and I were texting the other night, and uh, we were sort of debating whether or not to even do a Bite Sized, and uh, because we, we did that Silent Hill extravaganza, uh, and it's like, three hours three and a half hours of content something ridiculous it's a couple it's not just one beefy boy but it's two beefy boys there's a lot we unpacked a lot about that game uh you know if you haven't listened to it go do it you know do it at one and a half two times speed i mean if you're listening to this you probably listen to the rest of us the rest of our stuff and you know that we're bad at brevity but you know, it's it's an interesting game. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not sure that I really liked it. Not sure that I even had a good time playing it, but I appreciated it. Um, there's some really powerful storytelling done in that game. Uh, for me, the gameplay stuff was problematic, but if you want to hear my thoughts on that, go listen to that episode. Uh, I'm not here to talk about Silent Hill 2. I'm here today, uh, tonight, to talk about Valkyrie Profile. Okay, This is a game that... Uh, Almost made my top 10. It's, it's, it's easily within my top 25 greatest games of all time. It almost made my top 10 list. It was actually a late minute bump, uh, a last minute bump rather. Uh, I, I might have mentioned it when we did uh, our GOAT episode. Uh, and the reason it got bumped is because this game is just impossible to play in, in some ways. Uh, there is an iOS port, like, and I'm talking about the original Valkyrie profile. Uh, the, 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 the 1999 PlayStation one game developed by Triace and published by Enix is almost impossible. There is an iOS port. Um, I, I own it. It's not currently on my phone. Uh, and maybe after no single player November, I'll, you know, see if it has, it does controller support and I'll, I'll give it a crack and maybe it'll be really good and it'll scratch all, all, all the the itches that i have for this game um but anyways this game for me was one of the first games that i bought when when i bought my my playstation i yeah the the tldr version is uh there were a handful of games that i actually remember buying for my ps1 or my ps slim uh final fantasy 9 final fantasy tactics uh, I think I had the Ark of the Lag collection. I might have had Tekken 2. Um, like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 and this game. And uh, man, uh, this was a game that originally, it was really hard for me to get into because especially in light of today, like today's games I, I would say are like way more complicated, but they do a much better job of sort of teaching you the game. This is a game where you literally had to read the instruction manual. And I actually pulled up a PDF and I'll be looking through that and sort of talk when, when I'm talking about some of the, the other gameplay stuff. And again, we're just sort of doing a, a sort of a, you know, this is a bit of a flyover. Um, but uh, I wanted to talk about this specifically in a bite size because I just don't see us ever doing a full episode. I'd love to do a full hour and a half, two hours on this this game. I'd, I'd love to have Josh play it. But the reality is there just really aren't a lot of easy ways to play it. Uh, the PS1 version, it goes for a couple hundred bucks. I think last time I was on eBay or whatever, uh, the, the the CD is ridiculous um and i and i don't know where my original ps1 i don't know if i even have a ps1 anymore uh so there's that now if uh 
the the PS5 does the whole backwards compatibility thing. I'll tell you what, a couple hundred bucks is real steep, but I like this game a whole bunch. So maybe I'll hunt it down. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna make any guarantees either which way. Anyways, uh, just want to sort of go over this game real quick. Let's let's talk about some of the the nuts and bolts. Like I said, this was developed by Triace. Uh, it's the same developer who's made it, and and actually because of this game. I actually sort of started paying attention to Triace, and so when they made uh, Radiata Stories on PS2 and uh, Resonance of Fate, oh my goodness, I almost forgot the name of that for a second, on PS3, which was later remastered on PS4, you know, I definitely, I was paying attention to those games, and uh, I picked them up and, and played them. I don't think I ever beat either one, but I enjoy them, and uh, partially because Triace does some really interesting stuff with uh, combat that I'll get into here in a little bit. I have played most of the Valkyrie Profile games. Uh, I think there's four main titles. Um, so the, the original Valkyrie Profile, right, was actually re-released on the PSP, uh, and it was retitled as Valkyrie Profile Lenneth. Um, Lenneth is the name of the main character. The the particular Valkyrie, uh, talking really good here, uh, the particular Valkyrie that you play as is Lenneth Valkyrie. And um, the unfortunate part about that port is I think there, there might be some additional content on, on that port, and maybe even some like sort of quality of life improvements, but it's basically stranded on that because it's you can't digitally download this. It's all it's 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 basically uh, restricted to the UMD, and so there's no way to to kick this over to outside of ROMs. And we you know there's all that that craziness going on with the Vita and hacking and homebrew stuff, and so there's almost no way to sort of import this thing over to the Vita because it's not available on the store for download. Um, like I said, there is an iOS version. I have it, haven't installed it. And like I said, uh, you know, I've thought about it, you know, if, if the controller works like, Hey man, that'd be really cool to get like Apple T an Apple TV and kick it up on the big screen. If it was supported by Apple TV and I had one. So anyways, all that being said, all that sort of moving on here. Um, just real quick here, this was published by Enix. Um, now, this is not Square Enix, but Enix. This is prior to the Squaresoft Enix merger um, by a, a number of years. And uh, yeah, this is actually part of the reason I preferred Enix to Square. Um, but this game is kind of maybe today we wouldn't necessarily be as impressed with some of the the more unique aspects of this game but uh when i first played it, it you know it was re released in 99 i think i bought it in 2000 2001 like i didn't have my i didn't buy my playstation right away short version of this game is i i bought it i and i I think I probably just picked it up because it was like I I like I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Norse mythology, and I was like, oh, like this looks kind of cool. Valkyries in the name, it's got something to probably do. With, you know, there's a a chick with wings on her head on the cover. It's it's a very strike. It was a very striking cover, um, and uh, I was like, oh, okay. Like I I don't remember actually having any prior knowledge. It was just sort of a happy accident, sort of 
wandering into the, you know, sort of stumbling on this game. And I remember probably the first several hours of playing this game, just really being frustrated and confused and actually having to go back and read the manual. Like there were a lot of games back in the day you didn't need a manual for, but every once in a while you, you just needed that one. And uh, like I said, I, I have it pulled up here. This thing, this manual is 33 pages long and a lot of it is just full of instruction on how to play the game. Um, and I, I do want to get into that a little bit, but I thought like, you know, I'd start with just the, the general story and premise of the game. Uh, the sort of story beats are basically, uh, you're playing as Lanneth Valkyrie, uh, a chooser of the slain, uh, and as you go through the game, you basically have to recruit Ein Harriar, or, or people who have died, and you're going to shape them through, through you know, like sort of, and this is like some RPG element stuff, like you're going to give them better equipment, you're going to level them up, you're going to teach them some skills, and uh, then you're going to send them off to Asgard or, or Valhalla to join the sa this army in fighting in the Sacred War, or uh, Ragnarok, right? So that's sort of like, you know, Lenneth's purpose. And there's, and as you play the game, there's some like weird history there and there's some intrigue about her past. And, um, you know, it's telling the story. And, you know, you know, some of the gods uh, in, in this Norse pantheon really are kind of shifty, shady, maybe can't be trusted a little bit. There's some sideways stuff going on, maybe. Um, there's some like weird love triangle sort of romance schemes going on with a few characters and and you know it's one of those things that on an initial playthrough um it's very unlikely there's like four or five endings and it's very unlikely that you're going to get the best ending um just because the you know in order to get that best ending you sort of need to turn in the best iron harry are and sort of like meet all all the requirements and because because they'll they'll say like hey we're looking for a nine harry are with these qualities or they might give you some broad guidelines but they're looking for a particular type and you know depending on how well you meet or exceed those expectations you get rewarded um and again we'll sort of talk about some of that here in a, in a minute but uh, you know, it's the the story is is good. It's enjoyable. To be frank, uh, I'm not sure I really remember too much of it. And what I do remember, I don't remember understanding everything that was going on with it. Um, the story's fine. It's good. It's 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 fine. <laughs> you know, I I I didn't play this game because of the story. The story was was enjoyable. The the bits and pieces that I understood. It was weird. And sort of in that kind of like almost, you know, pre-Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts sort of obscurity, like stuff coming out of left field weird, but not to that extreme. So we got that. So the story is fine. It's good. It's it's entertaining. There's multiple endings. Uh, I have gotten all the endings. I can't remember them and the differences. Um, but yeah. Uh, the real hook here, though, is the mechanics, okay? And so we'll start with the overworld, and we'll sort of work our way down there. You're dropped into, you basically work between two realms, like Midgard and Asgard. Um, and once you get sort of like, you start out in Asgard, and then you get kicked down to Midgard to go choose the slain, right? 
and uh, there's this sprite represented on the screen that's Lenneth Valkyrie, and you're flying. Think of uh, maybe Secret of Mana, the Mana Dragon. Uh, you're just sort of like, there's this map, world map sort of laid out below you, and uh, you're just sort of floating in the air, and you can sort of fly all over it. And, uh, yeah. And that's sort of just how you navigate the map. And you can actually enter into, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like a sort of a, a listening mode or a meditation mode, and you can sort of, and this is how you you find new dungeons, and this is how you hear uh, potential Ein Harriar, and uh, yeah, so there's all that, and uh, th that's sort of like your overworld sort of thing, and then the next part of the, the gameplay loop, so when you find an Ein Harriar, or you find a dungeon, you you go down, you can sort of like go over to the spot and sort of hit a button to interact and, and sort of move into, you know, sometimes it's just like a cutscene and maybe some dialogue, like a little bit of an exposition dump, um, maybe some light platforming, because this is where, and, and, and I'm going to get to this, this is where the game sort of, it's an RPG, but not really, okay? So another part that we need to explain is, I think there's eight or nine chapters in the game, okay? Uh, I think some of that might depend on, you know, the ending and sort of hitting certain benchmarks, um, getting those additional end, those prologue chapters. Um, but each one of these chapters is made up of periods, right? And uh, I there's like a set number of them. And every action, so every time you go to recruit Nine Harriar, that might use up a couple of these period you know, that's what they call them, periods. It's just like these units sort of measuring time. Uh, a dungeon, it goes into, you know, that uses up some time. Going into that listening mode, I think, uses up a little bit of that time. So, you know, there's sort of working on limited resources and sort of you're, you're, you're constrained per chapter on what you can really do. And so, and again, it's sort of even talking about the, the multiple ending things. Like in order to really get that best ending, you have to optimize. Think almost like not quite to that extent, but think like this is sort of a proto persona day manager but not nearly as cumbersome or not, not even cumbersome is not the right word, but not nearly as intense as maybe the persona five, uh, day sim stuff. It's just sort of, there's a limited amount of time. You have a limited amount of resources here. And, uh, then the chapter closes and that, you know, and you proceed on to the next phase. But so when you go into a dungeon, or you go into these cutscenes, it goes into a side-scrolling mode, okay? And that's how you navigate these. And there's and in in the cutscenes and recruiting nine Harry are there might be a little bit of platforming, but it's usually just like walking to a house and hitting a button. And there might be some chests to open or something like that. But it's that that tends to be pretty light. Where it gets a little more substantial, and it actually sort of is a fairly I don't want to say technical. I don't think it's a super difficult platformer. There are some like more technical elements but you go into these this platforming sort of and that's how you navigate the dungeons and the dungeons are all sort of they're all 2d planes or 2d spaces but it's sort of 
rendered in these really kind of neat 3D maps. Uh, the way they do that is interesting. It's not ideal by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it is. Uh, I think it, it does the job, and it does the job admirably. So, but you go into this, this sort of platforming, and you can freeze enemies. And when you freeze them, you can actually, you, when you do that, you can actually um, use them as platforms. You can push them. You can pull them. Uh, and well, the enemies even just the way that they're represented as sort of these upright black jelly bean looking things, and they kind of slide around. And you can freeze them, and then you actually there's another button to you can stab them with a sword to engage in combat. Sometimes they'll sneak up on you or surprise you. And you'll, you know, you'll get ambushed. Sometimes I think uh, if you get them from behind, you can actually give yourself advantage in combat. But again, it's been a while, so I'm not 100% on that one. But there's some, you know, there's, uh, you can create some platforms, you can, and there's some different things you can do mechanically to sort of do like some double jumps and like, but there's these, this platforming element and, and you can do like a power slide, like a, a Mega Man power slide. There's false walls and stuff. The platforming is, is it's okay. It's not, it's good in the sense that like, you know, the level design is interesting. Yeah. But it, this isn't, if you're looking for like some super technical, like Mega Man level, like stop, like, yeah, like it's sort of Mega Man-ish in the sense that like it's the same general approach, just not nearly as technical or difficult or requiring nearly as much. So there's that. So I talked about like engaging, like hitting enemies or running into enemies. The, the What happens at this point in time is probably my favorite part of the game. This is why I love the game. Um, well, one of the reasons. Uh, so think about, okay, a PlayStation controller and you have... Uh, and you can think about other controllers too, but particularly you have the layout of the buttons and you've got your square, you got your triangle, you got circle and cross. When you, when you run into an enemy and it sort of goes into that combat scene, it sort of, you know, brings up a different think. Okay. Almost an RPG sort of setup. Uh, when, you know, they've got these really, I think pretty nice looking sprites i actually really like the aesthetic of this game i really like the the character design and the sprite work and stuff like that it's not top notch but it's very good in my opinion it's not like these aren't the most beautiful sprites you've ever seen but i think they are pretty i think they are nice to look at and i think they hold up um but you sort of you have your four sprites and you have the enemy sprites okay and you sort of line up on different parts of the screen but the way, instead of sort of like a row of four and just, you know, from top to bottom or even two rows of two or anything like that, the way that the, the setup is it, it actually, you have a character basically on, you know, in corresponding position on the face button, on the buttons. And so, and as the game progresses and the, your characters level up and you get better equipment and you get better skills, um, you can you can actually increase attacks that way because each one of these characters, in order to attack, you tap the corresponding button. And, uh, you know, circle is usually, you're going to usually leave because that's the, the, the rear guard or the, the, the rear line. And uh, so you usually put your caster or like a, a, a weak bowman or something like that. A character who you don't want to get hit because in the back they're not going to take as much damage. Occasionally, the, the like traditional attacks aren't going to get them. But then your front, your, 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 your point man and then your two flankers, 
you know, uh, and that's really where the combat. So each one of them is assigned to this button. And in order to attack, you sort of hit the corresponding button. And as you upgrade equipment, you get more attacks up to three. Um, but each one of those attacks can sort of like, there are different sort of attacks that you can learn and sort of put in the different slots. It's again, this manual is 33 pages. It's, it's beefy and there's a lot to it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to give you the flyover version of this game, but basically the way this combat works is you sort of like press buttons and you sort of just combo into that and you can knock down enemies. You can juggle them or knock them up into the air and then continue to juggle them. And so depending on sort of what, what you're after, just like the combat's really satisfying. It's very like sort of ac action heavy in, in a way um, that isn't cumbersome or, you know, isn't sort of ruled by AI. It's, it's just one of those things that I, I really, uh, really just love playing this game uh, and and when you get like some really like every once in a while you'll find like a really just sick combination and you'll just clobber them and and there are different bonuses too like so when you're juggling them you might knock out more currency or um, maybe some extra treasures or you know you'll because even on top of this system there's another system that you can build up this like meter and then you can un unleash these um super attacks sort of like these super powered up versions and you can chain those and there's th this game can it just like you can get these really kind of just crazy looking um very stylish combat and with with some just like really crazy sort of little mini cinematic sort of a la summonings or uh, the the eidolons in final fantasy games so there's that the, the combat just it is really the hook for me. Um, it's just like, it's so much fun to get in there and just find those like those really killer combos to just really uh, kind of almost break the game and take advantage of, of the different systems that they throw in there. Uh, I, I did want to just talk briefly about the visuals. I, I know I sort of mentioned it. I think this game, it suffers from like the PS1 era where just there isn't much in that era that's really pretty. Um, but it's got some nice sprite work and uh, and it's just got some really just as a general rule, the general aesthetic, like the when you see the character portraits of, of these of the different characters that you recruit and stuff. Um, yeah, some of them are really gorgeous and, and some of just like the even little vignettes that they show between like the, the, the sort of like the different art and it's it's really pretty. Um, the characters are, are really kind of cool and it actually makes sort of so at the end of you know before each chapter ends you want to send up the ein harriar to asgard right um and sometimes like just like this this game is is well enough done that it makes it a little hard to get rid of certain characters um you know from time to time so there's that uh but it's it's just it's it's, it's a very interesting game um, it, it is on, uh, I definitely would rate this as sort of a must play game, but you know, I, I think most people that I would actually probably bump this down to should play because, um, I know that this isn't going to appeal to a lot of people. This is a very niche game and, uh, I love it. I think it does a lot of really interesting things with the RPG genre, but again, it's, it's sort of a niche game and it's very hard. Like the other part is it is just really difficult to, to get a good port of this. Again, I haven't played the iOS one, so you know, I could be wrong here. But 
um, I just sort of wanted to take a couple minutes and talk about what is really one of my favorite games and, and, and a game that had a ton of impact on, on me. Um, I know that a while ago, like I said, when that iOS port was released, I picked it up like the, the moment I heard about it. And, and my hope is really that, that we will get, you know, uh, the Vita's on its last legs and that, that, that hurts me to say it because I, I really think it's a, a magnificent little handheld, but, um, you know, I, I really hope that someone at Triace or Square Enix or whoever sort of holds the rights to this um, gives us a version on the Switch. I think this would be a fantastic Switch game, uh, especially in light of the fact that, you know, there there are a few games that have either that are basically just like love letters to this. And uh, Indivisible recently came out. I you know, uh, it won't surprise you guys. I haven't posted it yet in the book club. I snagged a copy of that. Um, and then, uh, a few years ago, I picked up a copy of a game called Artonelico, Artonelico for PS2 that, um, was sort of similar in setup and, um, yes, Exist Archive, The Other Side of the Sky. That's what it was called. And that was developed by the same team, or a lot of the same team from Valkyrie Profile. Um, so I, I picked that up. I, I really like this game. You know, Indivisible's got an Indivisible's just like, it, as far as I can tell, I played the the beta slash demo a while back, and it's pretty much just a love letter to Valkyrie Profile. I would be astonished to find out that it isn't. Uh, in fact, I would. I I don't think it. I think it must be. Um, because they share so many similarities, uh, and and in the best possible way. Um, I, but I seen like hopefully like that that gets some success, and maybe maybe they'll tell somebody at 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 Triace or or Square Enix and say, hey, there's there's a legitimate place for this thing to sort of be re released. So my hope is that someday we'll get to play it in in a, in a an accessible and good with a good like remake remaster sort of situation going on heck you know even if the ps5 does like you know i mentioned earlier figures out the the backwards compatibility stuff i would absolutely love to see you know that happen too so anyways it's uh been a minute guys uh this has been a bite-sized breakdown uh, about one of my favorites valkyrie profile just wanted to take a second and uh, share that with you guys but until next time, you do the things that you know you need to, like beating down your backlogs, and uh, Josh and I will keep breaking down the benefits in these bite-sized editions. All right, catch you later, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at bbdowncast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever.
Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.